You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. Can I be honest? I didn't get anybody to say amen. Y'all, y'all scared. Y'all scared this morning, aren't you? Be, I don't know what you're going to be honest about, Pastor, right? I'm going to be honest about me. Can I be honest about me? I am tired. <laughs> I am tired. I am tired of mass vaccines and discussions about mass and vaccines. You know? I am tired. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be real honest with you. I'm, I, you know what I thought? This could be controversial when I say this. Let me tell you something before I say what it is. I'm tired of everything we say being controversial. You know, the truth ought to just be the truth. You know, and I, so let me tell you the truth. This past week when the governor extended the mask ordinance, let me tell you something. I was glad for it. Let me tell you why. Okay, before you agree with me too much. Because what that meant is if she didn't, that meant we we're going to have a lot more people on Sunday morning without the mask and a lot more people mad about people not having masks. And you know what? That ain't what church is about. Oh, I thought don't have my slide up here yet for the title. Go ahead, give it to me, Tommy, right here. So how about reading this for me, okay? On the count of three, everybody say it together. That title right there, just those first four words, all right? One, two, three. Okay. I heard more, I heard a lot of emphasis there on the word our. This is our church. And I think that's what we see there, right? And, 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 and I would, that, that's, that's the uh, sermon series we're beginning this morning, starting to look forward toward Easter, okay? And this is our church. Baptists ain't going to come over here and help us do it. You know, the Methodists aren't, Presbyterians are not showing up next week to do this for us, okay? You know, church down the street. And tell you what, all these people in all these communities around us, I mean, look where God has put us. With that, uh, I mean, we're surrounded right here by people but none of those people i mean they come they come just about every week this week i I think it's i think had about three people stop just about every week somebody stops you know what they don't walk in the door say let me i'm gonna fix this for you i'm gonna make this happen for y'all i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna help you make the vision happen no they show up because there is a vision they're asking questions now, some of them are asking questions about coffee. When's coffee going to be here? Right? And, you know, so they don't, they don't have the whole vision. That's because this is our church. We're the ones who understand it's not just about coffee. And it's not just about a building. But let me, let me, give, you a, let me give you a little different way to say this also. Let's put emphasis on that last word. Let's put emphasis on that last word. Can you say it for me again and put the emphasis on the last word? One, two, three. It's a church. It's not a group of people. It's not a club. It's not, it's not a political event. <laughs> it's not a rally. This is our church. Let me tell you, I, and, and honestly, I, we, just, we just had a five-day vacation, five nights, however, many, however you want to count it, in Gatlinburg. Every single day. Now, I used to say the only way I get a day off is get out of town because people know I'm in town. I say, Pastor, I know you're off right now, but could you do this one thing for me? You know, and I don't, I don't say that because I want you to quit 
calling on me when I, I need to be needed. You know, we all need that, even though we don't all admit it sometimes. We all need that. But you know what? On vacation, every single day I had something to deal with, even on vacation. I came home, bam, right in the middle of it, all over again. I mean, right now with everything going on with the, the coronavirus stuff and, you know, some of the social media, some of the social justice stuff that we've had over the last year and some things like that, we, there's just been so much of it. And you know what? And, and I, I was just at a place on Wednesday when we got back in. I was just at a place on Wednesday. God, I, I, a couple of you said I could be honest. And I just said, God, I, I, I don't know how much more of this I can handle, but God, I don't want you to show me. You know, and then you know what he did? You know, I've said this, you've heard me say this, heard this from John Kilpatrick a long time ago, that what God will do sometimes is he'll just slice you off a little piece of that loaf until it's time to give you the whole loaf. And he's just been doing that this, the rest of this week. So thank God for that. You know, scripture, the scripture that we're going to begin with this morning is right in the middle of all that. Right in the middle of all of it. All right? Galatians chapter 6. Verse 9, so let's not get tired. Okay, don't read the rest of that. I mean, if we're going to take things out of context, let's take that right there, right? Take it out of context. Don't get tired. I mean, preach a sermon. Don't get tired. Don't anybody get tired. That's not, that's not what it's saying. You're going to get tired, okay? But don't get tired of doing what is good. See, that's, that's the problem we have is when we get tired of doing what is good and want to give up or want to back away. Don't get tired of doing what, what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Anybody need that? Anybody need, anybody need that promise right there? You need a harvest of blessing in your life. And say amen. Then take that. This is a promise from God's Word. So if you're tired... If you're tired, don't get, don't get tired of, of doing what is good. You may be tired, but don't get tired of doing what is good. I didn't go looking for a scripture that would fit. And I, I feel like God just led me to this, and then after I'm, I'm, I'm there, I'm like, whoa, look how this fits. You know, wasn't like, let me go find a scripture. You, know, you understand the difference, right? Instead of me having an idea, let me go find a scripture that fits. God took me to something. I said, wow, look at how this fits. In Luke chapter 13, Jesus has been teaching. And if you go back to Luke chapter 12, Jesus has been teaching. So he's surrounded by a whole lot of people. In Luke chapter 13, Israel is in a time of tiredness. They've had 400 years without any open vision, said, meaning that God hadn't spoken to them 400 years. They've heard nothing new for 400 years. Y'all you know, might get tired of hearing the same old sermon sometimes or the same old scripture sometimes. They, they, didn't hear, they heard it over and over and over. The, what they could hear, same old stuff, 400 years, often called 400 years of darkness by a lot of theologians. Israel hadn't heard anything. And they're, they're not just under siege, they're under the control of the Roman Empire. And so in the middle of them trying to be God's people, because he says, you're the apple of my eye. You're, you're my people. I, I dwell in, in the, the praises of Israel. In the middle of that, that time, Jesus shows up. Okay, so they're tired. They've been dealing with a lot of stuff. And, and a little bit of it's shown right here. 
this is the beginning of verse 1. About this time, while Jesus was talking, he was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifices at the temple. Wow! <laughs> Talk about government getting in the middle of our business. While people are trying to worship and do what it is that God has called them to do, the government steps in and stops some from worshiping. Hmm. See, I, I didn't go looking for this, but after God led me to it, I thought, mm, okay, I see a little, little bit of a parallel there. Nothing like, nothing like what they dealt with. I mean, these people were killed. They were murdered, okay? But I know some of us, we're, we're worried about government influence. We're worried about this. We're worried about that, all those kinds of things. So this has happened, and so what does Jesus do? He says, do you think that those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee? Jesus asked, is that why they suffered? Not at all. And you will perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. And what about those 18 people who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them? Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? No, and I tell you again that unless you repent, you will perish too. So, so you know, here, here's, here's what I see and here's what I hear is, is, that, is that all this was going on and uh, Pilate has killed these that were worshiping and then, uh, you know, a tower has fallen on some people and they died. And why does Jesus say this? Is Jesus just pulling something out of the air? No, he knows their thoughts. No doubt he may have even heard them say some of these things that they're saying, hey, you know, this is, what, this is what's wrong. So he, he knows this, so he says, hey, is this what you really think? And so, but instead of getting in the middle of the, uh, the, the, the governmental argument with them or the, the, the question and answer, you know, instead of, you know, getting in the middle of it on Facebook or whatever and whatever's right, Instead of doing that, what does Jesus do? He says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's not focus on that and everybody else and point our fingers and all that. He says, let's remember to focus on ourselves. You know what I find out happens when I get tired? I'm short with people. When I get tired, I don't have as much patience as I should have with people. When I get tired... I started looking for somebody else to blame for my problems. Because surely I didn't cause all this stuff that's happening in my life, right? Somebody else had to be causing all of these problems, not, not, not me. I look for somebody else, you know, to blame for the stuff that's going on in my life. All these, that, you know, those are things that happen. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, now listen, we need to refocus. That's one of the problems when we get tired is we lose our focus. We forget we forget what it is that we personally, individually need to be focused on. So, you know, in the next verse, verse 6, it appears that, that Jesus kind of rolls right into this. Then, okay? <laughs> not sometime later. That's, that's not what Luke wrote. He didn't say sometime later. He said, then Jesus tells this story, a parable, we call them, right? And a, a parable is a story with a moral. It's a, it's a story that, that, that uh, teaches us something. And look, look what Jesus says. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it, but he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's just taking up space in the garden. The gardener answered, sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, you can cut it down. Okay, let's walk through that for just a minute. Awesome story right here. You, you know why? Because Jesus told it. That's why it's just chock full of stuff to teach. Okay, first of all, he talks about a fig tree. Y'all know, know what fig trees are around here? Most of us call them bushes because the, the, the type of figs we have, and, and, uh, and then normally we, we, we kind of groom them as bushes in, instead of trees. 
But they can grow as a tree if you want to. I had one that was about 25 foot tall. If I had just trimmed the, the branches on the bottom, you would have called it a tree too. Okay, so what, what is a fig tree? Fig tree. Why do we have fig trees? Why do you, why do, what, what is the purpose of a fig tree? Anybody ever planted a fig tree for shade? No, you didn't plant a fig tree for shade. Anybody ever planted a fig tree for, for uh, firewood? Anybody? Firewood? No. How about, how about lumber? Lumber. Anybody ever, everybody ever plant a fig tree so that you can harvest it so you can use it for lumber? What is the purpose of a fig tree? The, exactly, the figs, right? And there were no figs. And so now, in the story right here, who's the fig tree? We all are. Who owns the garden that planted it? God does. The gardener, who's the gardener? I've heard some people want to say that that's pastors and everything, but I, I, I don't think I'm the gardener. I think I'm a fig tree like you, okay? If, if anything, I see as the gardener there. I, I, see, I see the Holy Spirit as the gardener because of what the work he wants to do there at the end. He says, let me do this. So what is it saying then? It's saying that, it's saying that we're, we're planted, and then, then God shows up, and he says, he says he's disappointed. Oh, mm, disappointed in me disappointed in me you know and i'm thinking god i'm i'm dying here god i'm i'm tired i'm worn out i'm getting close to saying lord you, you got you know I, there was a comedian back years ago jerry clower he said you know shoot up here in the midst of us one of us got to have some relief you know <laughs> hit somebody put me out of my misery or kill them or whatever you know so, uh, god i'm close to that and, and and are you telling me you're disappointed in me no he said let me show you something here He's disappointed and he goes on and says, he says, let's, let's just cut this fig tree down because it's just taking up ground. Or the King James says, it cumbereth the ground. It's taking up space. Ouch again. God, are you saying all I'm doing is taking up space? Is that what you're saying? It, you know, I'm, I'm tired, God, I'm worn out. And you, are you trying to tell me I'm taking up space? Is that, is that what you're telling me? And, and then we go on and the gardener says, wait a minute. Now, we all like resolution, right? Do you like to watch a two-hour movie and get to the end of it and there not be a resolution? <laughs> I got a friend, he went to see the first, this was several years ago, when the first Lord of the Rings movie came out. Now, if, for those of you who don't know, it's a trilogy, okay? That means there are three of them, all right? And the first one, he didn't know this. So he goes to the movie theater with, with uh, a, a couple of the guys from the church, and they're sitting there, and they're watching the movie. And it ends, and it ends setting up the next movie. You know, nothing's resolved. You know, it's just kind of, now we know what the, what the story is all about. And it ends, the credits start rolling, and they tell me this, you know, at church the next Sunday. They said, he stands up in, in the middle of the crowded theater and says, that's it? <laughs> you ever feel that way sometimes with God, too? <laughs> This is it, you know, because man, there's, there's not a resolution. There's not a resolution on this side of the clouds, on this side of the trumpet, on this side of eternity. There's not a resolution. We don't get to resolution. So, so you know what I want, because, I, yeah, I didn't cut this story off. Verse 10, it's, it goes on to something else. This is the end of the story. That's all Jesus said. He doesn't tell us if the fig tree produces figs tomorrow next year or gets cut down. He doesn't tell us. All he says is, let me give it some special attention, plenty of fertilizer, and if we get figs next year, fine, then if not, then you can cut it down. There's no resolution, but there 
is the promise of another chance. There's promise of, you know, we, we, we started this year with the sermon series, This Is the Year. I thought, whoa, I, I didn't think about this till this week. Look at that saying, give it another year. We've been given another year. This is a year. This is the year that is before us, that God has given to us. We have a, we have a year ahead of us now. So the question is, what are we going to do with it? Preached you about, I think, nine sermons on, on uh, what we're going to do with it, that first sermon series. So if you missed it, you haven't listened because that's what it was. It set up this whole year for us to be thinking about that. So, so God, what are you telling me now? now and see, and here's, here's, I think, is the real dangerous part of this. Now, I know Fig Tree doesn't think. <laughs> Fig Tree doesn't plan. But let's imagine kind of that it does for the sake of the story. Because the gardener, I think, probably represents the Holy Spirit coming in and working. Work. But the gardener says, let me give some special attention to this tree. And let me fertilize it. And I'm going to give it special attention. And we'll see what happens. In the year. And so the fig tree, you know, he's standing there with his pretty leaves and everything. You know, strong trunk, you know, and you know, muscular limbs and all of that, right? Limbs, like lim limbs, get the, yeah. Muscular limbs and all of that. You got all that going on for him. And then all of a sudden, the gardener just starts giving him more and more special attention. What do you think of the fig tree's thinking? That fig tree's thinking, man, I'm doing something right. He must like these strong limbs I've got and this strong trunk and these beautiful leaves and how, how I sound when the wind whistles through me. I don't need to change a thing. Because I'm getting special attention. But in actuality, maybe I'm getting special attention because God is wanting me to go somewhere. God is wanting me to make some progress. God's wanting me not to get weary in doing what is right. But in continuing and working so that when the time is right, I'll be able to reap a harvest. So as we look into this next year coming up, what does it hold? What have we decided? So, so let's, talk about, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that for 2911 just a little bit. We're calling this Vision Sunday today, and uh, that's probably, and in some ways it's more for me than it is for you, just, just to remind, but it is for you, for you to hear in this way, as I want you to, I want, I want you to think in this, these terms right now, Vision Sunday, what this is about, what, what 2911 is about, what 2021 is supposed to be about. What we're supposed to accomplish. What is going to be different about this year? I mean, you know, we all went to bed, you know, after we watched the ball drop, or somebody went to bed before the ball dropped on, on December 31st, right? And we went to bed really looking forward to 2021 and hoping we wake up and tomorrow morning, coronavirus is all healed, everything's done, you know, and, and uh, political changes happen, whatever, you know, the, all you were thinking this, and some of you were thinking that, and whatever, and we were all... It didn't happen that way, did it? I didn't wake up on January 1 and everything was fine. But I woke up on January 1 with another chance. I got another. You know, say, well, yeah, but we're not getting. No, 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 listen. It's not about what we get and what we don't get. It's not about whether the government says this or the government says that. It's not about, it's not about what, what everybody else feels. Whatever. This is what we have. And we have this year. And this year is our chance. This year's my opportunity. I don't have 2022 yet. Might not ever have it. I don't have 2020 anymore. Thank God. Amen. <laughs> I've got 2021. And you know what? 
My determination has to be to make 2021 the very best year that 2021 can be. And as pastor, i got to do that because, for, as, as the pastor leading the church, because this is my church. It's not my, it's not my hobby. It's, it's not my group that I hang out with. You know, it's, it's not my thing to do when I don't have anything else to do. This is my church. This is, this is what, what Jesus died for so that we can take the message of who he is into this community. Let me tell you, you and I, we're not the only ones tired. You know, I, if I thought I was the only one tired in this room, I would have never started this sermon that way. Because I, I, I would realize I'd have, just, I'd have just blown the rest of you off. But I know you're tired too, but we're not the only ones tired. People in this community are tired. They're tired of different things too. Some of them are tired. Of, we, 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 there was, there's a family in my hometown, uh, a lady who's a little bit older than me, and she and her sister and her uh, niece have all died from coronavirus in the last couple of months, and her husband was in intensive care last I heard. People are tired. People are tired of, uh, of all kinds of things. I, I, I just talked to someone I didn't know that just lost their job this week. Someone else lost their job about three weeks ago. People are tired. And, and Jesus died for this so that we could take who he is into our communities and so yeah it's about a <laughs> you know what the, the community they can't I, I was trying to explain yesterday to a guy in the community he came by and asked you know about about some things and he, he can't understand all that about about the coffee shop and then I had someone else several this week you know and they can't understand all that but I hope you we get it is we're creating a place creating a space Creating opportunities, creating, creating alternative service opportunities, ministry opportunities, and we're, and we're doing this. And, and so, you know what? What's going to be different about this year for 2911? We got to get this vision on down the road. 2021 cannot be about building a building. And I know we're not building it from scratch, but about that. It's got to be about getting this vision finished and down the road. Listen, I, and I, I, I've been talking to you the last few weeks. We don't get to do it here. Hadn't in the last few weeks. We've been doing it online all the best ways I could to challenge you to give financially also you know that's part of it as well that you've got you've got to decide this is my church today that's today's sermon if this is your church if this is my church we have a vision that we must accomplish and it begins with the commitment of saying this is my church and embracing that vision and embracing it and making it happen because there are people who are <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't I don't say this in any way other than absolute literally that there are people in our community dying and going to hell today and they need to hear the message that you and I they need to hear. Let me tell you something. If I'd have preached this, if I'd have preached this sermon on Wednesday, I wouldn't be preaching. <laughs> Honestly, I tell you, I just wouldn't be preaching with the confidence I'm preaching today. I was beat. I was whooped. I was just about done. <laughs> but God, it just continues. And then today, this refreshing of being together. You know what? There's a ton of people outside those doors that need to stand with me and you. In the middle of this presence of God on a Sunday morning, 
to feel what you and I felt just a few moments ago. This is not so that you and I can say, wasn't that awesome, and go home with it. But so that we can, we can tell somebody else they need to feel this and get them in the middle of this as well. That's what this is about. It, it, it's not ex- just experiencing it, but, but taking it to somebody. That's what it means to be 2911. That's what God has called us, not to be another stop for, for, for a church down the road that has a split and half their people come here, or, or a church down the road closes, or, or somebody gets mad at their pastor and they just come by here. For, that's not what we're about. We're about reaching somebody that doesn't know Jesus yet. That is what it's about. That's all it's about, and that's what it's got to be about this year. So what does it mean for you? I mean, you can't really address that for 2911 unless you also address what does it mean for you individually. That means... You can't say, this is my vision, and I'm glad my church is doing all this stuff. You've got to say, what is it that I'm going to do to make this happen also? You can't just sit back and say, hmm, that was awesome, Andrew, what you guys did yesterday for families in Fultondale. Man, that was awesome what my church did. It's got to become more personal than that. You've got to decide what it is you're going to do. Roll up your sleeves. Open your checkbook. you got to decide what it is you're going to do, how you're going to serve. Because this, 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 is, this is not a group thing. You know, we don't get participation trophies around here just for showing up on Sunday morning. It's about bearing fruit. Bearing fruit, that's what fig, fig trees are for. That's what you and I are, are here for. Bearing, we're not here because we've got some nice-looking limbs. We're not here because we're strong, got a strong trunk. We're not here because we've got beautiful leaves or how good we sound when his presence and spirit just wafts through us. That's good. Those are good things, but that's not the end of it. Because what he's looking for, and he gets disappointed when he doesn't see, is the fruit. So when we talk about fruit, what is it? What is it that you think of when you talk about fruit? When, when you read those scriptures like we read just a few moments ago about a harvest of blessings, I know what we think about harvesting blessings upon us, and we hear blessing, and I think most of us, when we hear blessing, we think, cha-ching, you know, money, <laughs> right? That's what we think of, blessing, blessing. But let's talk about fruit in just a moment. You know, you know what fruit is for? Fruit has two purposes. Now, it, we can go deeper than that, but Fruit has two basic purposes, okay? Let's talk about those real quick. We'll wrap this up. Number one, fruit provides nourishment, is a blessing to others around the tree, right? I mean, you ever walk by an apple tree and you see apples? What do you think? I think, I want one of those. (laughs) Can I ask you a question? Does the apple tree eat the apples? The apples, the fruit, is for somebody else. Bob Buford, I, I, I posted a, a quote from him on Facebook just a, a couple of weeks ago because I thought, oh man, this is good right here in this message right here. He said, my fruit is on somebody else's tree. You know, the produce, he said, what I'm doing isn't blessing me, it's blessing somebody else. Now, that's, that's, that's hard for us to accept because say, well, wait a minute, I'm going to go to all this trouble and I'm not even going to get to eat. The apple does not get to eat, the, or the apple tree does not get to eat the apples. As a matter of fact, 
the apple costs the apple tree some of its strength. The apple tree has to work to produce the apple and gets no benefit out of it. The apple tree doesn't get any benefit out of the apple because somebody else eats the apple or the fig or whatever the tree is. Somebody else does. And so it kind of makes us, if we're not careful, if we can be a little selfish here and say, well, then what, why do I want to do anything? Why do I want to do something if I'm not getting any benefit out of it? Because that's the way this thing works. Thank God Jesus didn't hang there on the cross. So, whoa, wait a minute, what am I getting out of this? And he died for our sin. And because of that, that's what you and I have been called to. We've been called to bear someone else's fruit that they need to receive. It's say, here's the good part of that. Is that there's somebody here that's bearing my fruit. There's somebody here that you've been working in, and you're bearing fruit, and it's my, it's my blessing. You see, that, that's, that's why, thank God, this is my church. I mean, just, see it, just seeing you guys today was refreshing. Hearing you guys want to reach, I mean, it was like, it, it was like the worship team just said, ready, set, go. And some of you guys were just so anxious for this. And, man, I just stood there, and I just listened to you guys worship. Oh, man, it's a, that was so awesome. Just knowing that's in your heart. And wanted to hear, that was, my, that was my blessing. That was, that was my apple off of the tree. And so you, that's what you're getting. The, the past couple of days, we've been praying for, for Bailey Waters. She's been really sick, been in, been in ER, ICU. We've been praying for her. And I can't tell you how many times, how many times her parents have texted me and thanked me so much for the prayers. We can't go be there with her. Can't go sit with the family. But she texted and said, thank God for my church. My church. Why? Because her church, Bailey's church, was producing fruit that was bringing blessing of miracle and healing into their life. Thank God for my church. Okay, I, I, let me hurry right here. Oh, oh, this is the year. Next slide. This is the year we've got to answer this question. What are you going to do about that passion God put in your heart? I've heard some of you talk about what you want to do in, as ministry or serving or whatever. What are you going to do about it? This is the year. We, this, this is like rolling the last sermon series into this next sermon series. This is the year. Every one of us has to, what am I going to do about the passion that God has put in my heart? Okay, here's the second reason for fruit, what fruit does. Fruit creates new trees. It, crea it creates new trees. Uh, uh, inside the fruit is a seed or many seeds based on which kind of fruit it is right and it produces new trees that's that's the that's the second purpose of the fruit and so when the fruit falls to the ground it doesn't help the tree that's already there it creates new trees and when it you know what it's got to do before the seed can produce a tree though you know what the next thing it's, it's got to do before the seed can create a tree the fruit has to die. You ever walked under a fig tree after it started dropping its fruit? <laughs> get that stuff all over your feet, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, you get that and you got to dig it out of your tennis shoes, right? It dies, makes a mess. It's nasty. It's ugly. And how many times, come on, somebody's going to catch this one with me, okay? How many times 
I have worked, I have labored, I have poured in, I have sacrificed, I have given somebody my time. And it just looked like they just left it laying there on the ground and it just became something I didn't want to step in. My effort, my trouble was all wasted. It just died and it was gone away and nobody remembers it anymore. The best it became might have become a little fertilizer. That's about all that ever came out of it. But then, at just the right time, is that what Galatians 6, 9 says? But then at just the right time, a little green sprout comes up out of the ground and says, your labor was not in vain. You're about to see a harvest come because of your efforts to bear fruit. The last two weeks, I had somebody dogging me, wanting to talk to me. They text me and said, hey, can I call you such and such? I said, yeah, call me. They called, but they called later than that, and I was already unavailable. I called them back. They were unavailable for two weeks. This is somebody that used to be in my life, but we live in different states now. And so I thought, why in the world are they calling me right now? They did say something in there about new stuff in their life and things. I thought, oh, crap, they won't sell me something. Right? <laughs> Isn't that what you think? Hadn't heard from them, you know, in, in years. And now, they want to sell me something, you know. And, but I didn't, I, I didn't ignore them. I didn't avoid them. You know, I kept trying. We kept trying. We kept trying. And I went, y'all, y'all remember Wednesday of this week for me? You remember what I told you about Wednesday? You remember the day that I felt like just crashing and everything? Like, God, are you sure about this? You know, and all of this. And I'm tired, God, and somebody's got to do something and everything. Wednesday, he finally connect. We finally connect. I looked down at the phone. I said, well, I'm thinking, okay, here comes the sales pitch. I walk out on the back deck, sit down, turn on, you know, answer the call, sit down. And he says, Pastor, you know, he he asked me how everybody's doing, all that kind of stuff. We talk about coronavirus. We talk about our new house and that kind of stuff. And he says, Pastor, I just want you to know, that time that you sacrificed to give me, listen, I didn't give him $100. I didn't give him five minutes. He says, that time you spent with me, those times that you spent with me, I'm talking about investment here, okay? So I want you to understand this. This, is a, this was a time I invested, and I looked down, and I thought it just, di- it just died. It, it, it didn't become anything. He said, all that time that you invested, and when you told me not what I wanted to hear, but what I needed to hear, he said, I want you to know. He said that I've been in counseling for the past three years, and he said, my life is back together. I'd gotten out of church because there were things going on in my life. He said, but you know what? He said, I'm back in church. My family's doing good. We're all back together. And he said, Pastor, you saved my life. Now, listen, I know it wasn't me. It was God. Let me tell you something. There's something about seeing that little sprout come out of the ground and realizing that your labors were not in vain. So I'm talking, I know maybe some of you, life is way up here, you know, and everything's great for you. Okay, hang in there because it's probably coming back around for you one day later, right? But I want you to know, if you feel like your labors have been in vain and you've lost, you've lost your impact and you, you just feel tired and you're tired of, of doing right, you're tired of doing good, and you're tired of giving your effort only to see it just become nothing on the ground, hang in there because at just the right time, you're going to reap abundance of harvest. Can I read you this in closing, okay? Galatians 6, 9, that verse about don't get tired of doing good, I want to back up and I want to read the context of leading into that, okay? This is the closing right here. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 through 10. 
Dear brothers and sisters, this is Paul writing to the church at Galatia. He says, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly. Paul didn't put those in italics, but I would like to this morning. Gently and humbly. Help that person back onto the right path. Trying to not preach here because I, I, my time's up. Don't beat them to the back to the right path, but gently and humbly. The way you would want somebody to help you get right back on the right path. And be careful not to fall in the same temptation yourself. Oh, now he's back to where we were <laughs> yeah, there in Luke chapter 13, right? Be careful. You, you're seeing everybody else's problems. Be careful you don't fall into it also. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. How? By sharing one another's burdens. Is that, I think that's one of the reasons I get so tired is because I get tired and then somebody else got a burden. I got to share that one too. And I get more tired. You know, I get more tired. Then somebody else got a burden. I get more tired, right? But that's how we fulfill the law of Christ. And there's coming, there's coming refreshing. There's coming refreshing. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. I love that. <laughs> you think you're too important. You're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Pay careful attention to your own work. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Pay attention to your own work. Because when you're paying attention to everybody else's works, you're going you're gonna to start comparing and you're going to wonder why you're not as successful as they are. Pay attention to your own work for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Next slide for the rest of this. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Now that's either good news or bad news. And he lays that out right here. It's good news to this first group of people. Those who, I mean, it's bad news to this first group of people. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. And then it's good news for those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up therefore whenever we have the opportunity we should do good to everyone especially to those in the family of faith now when you read that say so he says we ought to be better to people in church than people out of church. that's not what he said he said do good to everyone but he adds that in a way I think he's saying, and don't forget these people sitting around you right here right now. Don't just be so focused out there that you forget there's some tired people sitting right here right now too. Some tired people. You know what I wish I could do? I was talking to Brent about this this week. And I said, here's what I want to do at the closing of the sermon. I want to get everybody to stand up. And take off your mask and walk around hug on each other. We can't do that, okay? <laughs> I know some, I, I, I had to jump in there and say that because I knew some of you were going to say, Amen, let's do it. <laughs> we can't. I want to do that so bad. Because, you know, this distancing right here, it's not just a physical distancing. It makes for, it makes for a struggle with spiritual, emotional connection as well. 
and we're struggling there, whether we know it or not. You're struggling there. Where, even you introverts, you're struggling there whether you want to admit it or not. So I can't do that. So what's the best I can do? I, 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 don't, I, don't, want, I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable, so I'm not going to tell everybody you've got to do this, but I'm going to say, I want to encourage you to look five people in the eye today before you leave. And tell them you're going to be praying for them. If you can't say the words out, just look them in the eye and give them a nod. Okay. I'm going to challenge you to do that. It's the best I feel, um, the farthest I feel like I can go as a pastor to push you to be there for somebody today. With all the junk that I'm tired of that we got going around, right? I mean, I want to get past this so we can get back to being that touchy-feely, huggy church we <laughs> always were, right? We're not there yet, but I, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you to at least five people today. Look, look around. Look around right now. Worship team, come on back. Look around right now. Just look around. Look at the people in the, in the room. Look at these faces. And here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray as we're closing, and the worship team is going to lead us in the final song. I'm going to pray, and um, I'm going to pray that that. The Holy Spirit brings these faces back to your mind sometime this week. Okay? So I hope you're looking around. And, and I really dare you, I challenge you to just look at five people in the eye today and say, I'm going to be praying for you. And I don't, mean you, I don't mean your wife. I don't mean your mom. I mean somebody that you hadn't maybe, maybe you hadn't been able to connect with in a long time because of all this craziness going on and the, uh, the, the virus that is out there and, and killing people. All right? Let's not forget. Do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. There's somebody that needs you in this room today. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.